Our Holy Gospel today is from the 14th chapter of John, beginning at verse 8. Glory to you, O Lord. The uh, context of our passage today is Jesus has just uh, said that he's gone to prepare a place for them and that he's coming back. And uh, let's see, which one was it? Uh, Is it Thomas who says, Lord, we do not know where you are going? Jesus says, I am, the, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father by me. And then he says, my Father as well. From now on you will know him as you have seen him. And in response to that phrase, we now pick up where Philip is asking Jesus. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been amongst you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Philip, show me the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. And believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Very important thing. I tell you the truth, anybody who has had faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you and peace, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to uh, pray with me the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together today. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. I may have told you this before, that Holy Spirit prayer that we pray, that prayer has been prayed by millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of Christians for the past 1,800 years. Just think about that. That's kind of mind-boggling, isn't it? To think that this one prayer, maybe this prayer is perhaps one of the most frequent prayers that has been prayed other than the Lord's Prayer, especially amongst Roman Catholics, Lutherans, Episcopalians, you know, mostly mainline denominational churches. Um, this prayer 
has been around for a long time. It's Pentecost Sunday, an appropriate prayer for us to be praying, I think, as it always is. Now, for those of you who were here on Easter morning, you may recall what I said. Now, probably not, but I'm going to refresh your memory of what I said, at least a few, a few lines. I said that the resurrection of Jesus is the birthing of the Christian faith. And then I went on to quote from 1 Corinthians, Paul's letter, in the 15th chapter where Paul wrote, If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is worthless, and your faith is worth nothing. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all may be made alive. Plain and simply said, if there were no resurrection from the dead, there would not be a Christian faith. The resurrection of Jesus truly was the birthing of the Christian faith on Easter. And now here we have before us today, on this Pentecost day, another birthing day. There's actually two birthdays in a certain sense. Well, actually, we have, I've, I've talked a lot about birthdays in the past, about the different types of birthdays that we have. This is the second birthing day in the life because today is the birthday of the Christian church. Not, not the Christian faith, but the Christian church itself in which we celebrate Christ's gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The resurrection of Jesus was the birthing of the Christian faith. And now, this day on Pentecost, giving of the Holy Spirit is the birth of the Christian church. And we heard it. We heard it right here in our biblical testimony and record today from the book of Acts. This was the day when the disciples experienced the outpouring or baptism of the Holy Spirit into their lives. And it just so happened that it happened... 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. Thus, we have this word, pentecostos. It's a Greek word, and it literally means 50. That's why we call this day Pentecost, because it happened on the 50th day after Jesus' resurrection. And as we gather today, along with the millions of other Christians around the world, just the sound of that. As we gather today with millions of other Christians around the world, just the sound of that alone, I think, reminds us of the power of the Advocate, the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through the lives of people of faith to change and transform the world for the better. And that's been happening now ever since the Holy Spirit came into the life of the church. As we gather today... It is good that we remind ourselves that the Christian faith and that the birth of the Christian church was only made possible because of what Christ has done for us. I think one of the things that we need to continually be reminding ourselves is, is that we are not the ones who initiated this. We are not the ones who are the authors of this. We are not the ones who are the actors in making all of this possible. None of this has even been made possible but only through what God has done for us through Christ. In, with, and through his life, his death, and his resurrection. This, all of that has made it possible 
for faith and the life of the church and the Christian community to come into existence. I think one of the most significant things that Jesus says to his disciples today is actually in the 12th verse of this uh, passage before us where Jesus tells his disciples, he says that when the Spirit lives in you, that you will do, that you will do the works that I do. That's why I emphasized that today when I read it initially. We are going to be doing the things that Jesus is doing. And in fact, he says, we will do even greater things than these. I think that's a little bit hard for us to wrap our minds around, to think that we as a collective faith community can do even greater things than Jesus himself did. That in and of itself is one of those things that is worthy of some reflection and thought. But I appreciate what Reverend Alan Brem, he's a Presbyterian. We won't hold that against him. He's a Presbyterian preacher. But I appreciate what Pastor Alan Brem says about this greater work. He says, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what greater work Jesus has in mind, but I can think of no greater work than people living out the character of Jesus, doing the things that Jesus did, and relating to people with love, just as Jesus did. And it seems to me, he says, that the purpose of God pouring out his Spirit on all flesh at Pentecost, it seems to me that that was the purpose in why God did that. So that we collectively as a church around the world, we can do all of these greater things, these greater works, and continue to do the things that Jesus did while he was with us. And that is something I'd like to have you think about in the coming days during some of your time of quiet and reflection. And I, I know we all have those times in our lives of quiet and reflection. There isn't hardly a day that doesn't go by that we all have those very important moments in our lives. And I encourage you to take some time to contemplate and to remind yourselves and to recall some of the many and the various ways that the Advocate, this Holy Spirit, this one who literally it means who has come right alongside of you and me, and it happens every single day of our lives whether we're consciously aware of it or not, I want you to give some thought to how the Holy Spirit has birthed, how the Holy Spirit has planted seeds, how the Holy Spirit has kindled one of those greater works that Jesus is telling us about. We talked a little bit about this in our men's fellowship group this past Tuesday, and we coined it as the works of daily life. And then we went on and we said it's that witness of all of us combined through the gift of the Holy Spirit, these greater works are happening and they're being birthed all the time. And I think it would be good for us to be mindful of that and to be more watchful for that. Back when I was in camping ministry, I've probably told you this story before, but, you know, Pastor Al, he tells stories multiple times over so I can get away with it too. When I was in camping ministry, and this, this happened somewhere, I think, right around 1997, I believe it was the year, we had a young African man who came to camp as an international camp counselor. He came from the little country, well, not so little, a, a country in Africa of Kenya. And he 
his, his, his background was, his home, his home village was a little village in Kenya called Kisi, Kisi, Kenya. And one of the things that he did, his name, was Isra- his name is Israel, and he shared with me about his village. And he shared with me about what's happening there in Africa, in Kenya, and how their faith community is trying to work with some of the children in that community because that community is trying to do everything they possibly can to serve orphaned children whose parents have died from HIV AIDS. The AIDS epidemic, it's, it's, get, it's, it's better now than it was 25 years ago, but the AIDS epidemic 25 years ago was leaving hundreds, if not thousands, of children without parents. And this small village was trying to do all that they possibly could to help those orphaned kids to have a safe place. And they had a small orphanage there that housed six kids. And it was his vision and his dream that someday they would have an orphanage large enough to house up to as many as 50 kids, 50 boys. That was his dream, that was his vision. And he came and he shared and he planted that dream and that vision in me. And that vision and that dream took a hold of me. And I, in turn, had Israel share it with our camp staff. And we decided as a camp that we were going to have that become our summer mission project for our campers. And so each week during camp, we simply asked the campers to consider giving just a very small portion of their canteen money to support this orphanage over in Kenya. Ten cents, fifteen cents, maybe a quarter, maybe fifty cents. And it took off like wildfire. The kids got excited because they actually saw this dude. Here's this, here's this black dude from Kenya standing up in front of them and talking to them, and telling them all about what he's doing over there in Africa. The kids just got super excited about it. And we had this ongoing mission project for several years. And just from the little minuscule offerings of 5 cents, 10 cents, 25 cents, 50 cents, over a period of 10 years, we raised over $35,000 for this orphanage. And not only did the camp take on this mission, but we shared this mission and this project with all of the churches of our camp association, and it took on a life of its own. People started actually saying, we've got to go over there. We've got to go over there and help them build this place. And so we had churches that were putting together these mission trips, and they were literally traveling over to Kenya, and they were helping them, and they were giving money, and they were putting in sweat equity, and they were building these, this, this orphanage. And not only does it have an orphanage today, but it has a community center. It has a place where they can do medical treatments with people, and then in, they've, they've dug a well so that they don't have to go down the hill and bring up water in buckets, or you know how they carry water on top of their heads in Africa. That's the reality of the life that they had there. And now they have a well that literally is pumping water so they don't have, it's, 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 it's not contaminated water. All of this because he came and shared a dream with us. And I can only say that that was the gift of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit planted a seed in us and something greater than our own self happened 
something fabulous happened. And it's still happening till this very day. That orphanage is still going and there's still people back in Wisconsin and Minnesota and Illinois and it's taken on a whole life of its own because there's people all over the United States that are supporting that little orphanage over in Kisi, Kenya to this very day. I have no doubt that God knew what God was doing when God unleashed the Holy Spirit into this world. When you think about the Lutheran Church alone, this doesn't even include the Presbyterians or the Episcopalians or the Catholics or the Methodists or, you know, all the other non-denom ecumenical churches out there. But think about the Lutheran Church alone, what we have done over the years. Lutheran Global World Relief has helped millions of people in times of catastrophic events in the world. Youth in Global Mission in the Lutheran Church has been one of our primary missionary recruiting fields for young people going into missionary work all around the world, including my son, who spent three years in Japan as a missionary. Even our minuscule little, humble little group of outdoor ministries, and there's about 120 outdoor ministries left in the United States now, but those outdoor ministries have been affecting the lives of millions of children and young adults who have gone on to go into full-time Christian ministry or go into other types of, of work and ministry that serves and loves and cares for people. It's been happening for decades. Lutheran hunger relief has saved thousands of people in drought-stricken and war-torn countries. Even now, just today, even today in Ukraine, the Holy Spirit is working through the church, doing those greater works that Jesus talked about through the mission relief ministries of the Christian church. I really truly believe that is what God meant and what Jesus meant when he said, you are going to be doing even greater things than what I have done while I was with you. Think about it. Right here in our congregation, right now, we have a network table who is working with the Guiding Light Christian Preschool and that partnership started with a spark, just a simple conversation. It was a spark that was kindled through additional conversation and it has taken on a life of its own. And we are still seeing the work of the Holy Spirit through those works in daily life right here in Mount Olive through the witness of all of us combined. Those greater works are continuing to see this ministry unfold and bear fruit. So I'd like you to take some time to reflect and to contemplate and to remind yourself and to remind one another. Have conversations amongst yourself about these greater things that you have seen this ministry in your, own, in, in your ministry, in your own individual life, through these works of daily life. In the midst of it all, in the midst of it all, let's remember to give thanks to God for the gift, for the gift of the Advocate, the Holy Spirit. The one who comes and is with us is right here alongside of us each and every day, and it makes it possible for us to have faith 
And I think we need to be reminded, as Martin Luther so aptly reminds us, I believe that by my own understanding and strength, I cannot believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But instead, the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, has enlightened me with his gifts, and made me holy and kept me in the true faith. Martin Luther would say, I cannot by my own strength or understanding believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, but it's because of what the Holy Spirit has done in my life and continues to do every single day of my life that I can even say and do the things that I am able to do in this walk of faith. Find the strength each day to pray the Holy Spirit prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, and kindle in us the fire of your life. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. A prayer that has been prayed in the hearts and the minds and the tongues of Christians for the past 1,800 years. May we take with us today and every day the image and the promise and the confidence that we have, the one who has been called to walk alongside of us and who will be with us through thick and thin, no matter what, and that that Holy Spirit and that Advocate will be with us forever and makes it possible for us to keep on doing the things that Jesus did and even greater things and greater works than that. Amen. I invite you to pray the Lord's Prayer with me. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.